Hello and welcome to Cavalcade of America from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. by DuPont. The Stolen General, a drama of America's first anniversary of the 4th of July. Adapted for radio from a story by Marquis James. Starring John Garfield as Colonel William Bach. DuPont Company, makers of better things for better living through chemistry, tonight present a young American actor who in brief three years has risen from relative obscurity to stardom, John Garfield. New York theater goers first became aware of John Garfield for his performance in Having a Wonderful Time. Later, Hollywood claimed him, and the country cheered his performance in Four Daughters, Dust Be My Destiny, and other films. At present, he is rehearsing in his new stage play, Heavenly Express, which shortly will be seen in the nation's capital. Tonight on Cavalcade of America, he makes one of his infrequent radio appearances, playing the role of Colonel William Barton in The Stolen General. The afternoon of July 3rd, 1777, the headquarters of Colonel Stanton, command of a regiment of colonial militia at Tiverton, Rhode Island. The colonel looks up as his second-in-command, Lieutenant Colonel William Barton, enters. Colonel... Colonel Stanton. Yes, Barton? Private Coffin's outside. Just escaped the British. Coffin. Have him come in. Coffin. Coffin. Colonel Stanton wants to see you. Colonel Stanton, I... Here, here. Sit down, man. What happened? Coffin, how'd you do it? How'd you ever get out of the British camp? Sneaked out at night. Made a run for it. The party for General Prescott at the Overing House, and I took the chance. So that goose-faced Tory Overing is entertaining the British peacock, huh? More than that, Colonel Barton. Prescott's quartered in his house. Just across the water. Newport Island. Not far, either. Ah, he's there, all right. The cock of the war, crowing all over the place about how we'll never win this war. We'd best bow down before our English betters and let them tell us how to live. He sits up there on the porch of the Overing House all day. Him and Overing talking about their armies. British 
part of the sort of place you've got here, Irving. Not England, of course, but not bad. Foul, hot weather, though, and only July. Man must have his little comforts, you know, even if he is put in down a rebellion. It's an honor to have you, General. I'm awfully sorry about the weather, but that's the way it goes in this country. Oh, what will your rebel neighbors do to you, Irving, if things don't turn out our way, huh? Well, good heavens, General, you don't think there's any chance of that, do you? My dear Irving, in a war, one side is bound to win, you know. That's the point. I know, General, but... Who are you? You're trying to frighten us. Oh, <laughs> I think I did, eh, Irving? Well, don't worry. These rascally rebels haven't a chance. Not one chance in a thousand. And every mother's son of them will regret it from Washington down before we get through with them. General Washington. <laughs> Why, they're all silly beginners, ragged and starving and beaten, too. Only they haven't the sense to know it. I hear a good many of them are deserting every day. Absolutely. The whole ridiculous rebellion is falling apart. <laughs> Look here. <laughs> I have a splendid idea. Very amusing. Collins. Blasted all. Where's that loafing orderly? Collins. Yes, General. Oh, there you are at last, Collins. Give him my fan, will you? Beastly hot. And bring me one of those rebel prisoners my men caught yesterday. Yes, General. What are you going to do with them, General? May I ask? Oh, just a little sport, Overing. I want to show you what sort of jackanapes you're quaking in your boots about. Patriots. Bah. I'll wager we could get any of them to quit if they got the chance. Here's one of the prisoners, General. Coffin, private. Rhode Island militia. Never mind his titles, Collins. You may go. Overing. <laughs> Look at the beggar. Now you see what sort of scarecrow soldier his majesty's army is obliged to bother with. All they need is a chance to desert. I dare say uh, this fellow was rather pleased to be captured. Eh? Yeah, that's a lie. See here, you... Shut up, you rotten Tory. You and the rest of the dirty traitors will get what's coming to you someday. I'll smash your head for that, you blasted rebel. Now, now, Overing, don't be silly too hot to fight, and gentlemen don't yes. strike their inferiors. I've got a better idea. I say, Collins! Uh, Collins! Uh, hang it, man, in your death! Take Fabrice, what's his name, back with my orders, and give him a dozen lashes. And then let's, let's make it uh, two dozen. May teach him to be civil. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> C come on, you. Uh, do go away now, Overing. That's a good fellow, will you? This heat's suffocating. Oh, what a place, what a war. Ye gods, I wish it was over. Well, it used to That's the story, Colonel Barton. What the kind of swine General Prescott is. Look at my back, Colonel Stanley. Butcher. Coffin. You better see Dr. Williams. He'll put some salve on those welts. Thanks, Colonel. I'll go now. Coffin. Yes, Colonel. Is Newport Island well guarded? Prescott's got a company of light horse with him at the Overing Estate. There's a company of infantry there, too. Two companies, huh? I tell you this. There's only one sentry before the house. Only one sentry? You sure, Coffin? Only one sentry? Yes, I, I saw him myself. Good. That's very interesting, Coffin. Thanks. Report back to duty as soon as you can, Coffin. Won't be long, sir. I'm not missing a chance to pay those redcoats back. 
blasted British cutthroats. Colonel Stanton. Yes? I'm going up to Newport Island to get Prescott. You're going what? And I'll bring him back a prisoner. Barton, you're a fool. Watch me. Well, don't be insane, ma'am. The British fleet's guarding Newport Island. You heard Coffin say Prescott's protected by infantry and cavalry at the Overing Estate. What? I never heard anything so fantastic. I heard Coffin say there's only one sentry guarding the house. One sentry. Well? It's ridiculous. I won't allow it. But listen, Colonel Stanton. Only one sentry between us and the general. And only the British war squadron between you and the sentry. What? You'd be blown out of the water before you got half started. I know it can be done or I wouldn't try it. Give me 40 Rhode Island oarsmen who know these water better than any man alive. Give me a dark night, and we'll slip past that squadron and Prescott's ours. The Americans need something to perk up their spirits. That'll make the British look silly and give us a real Fourth of July celebration. It's absurd. You can't do it. And I won't be responsible for ordering men to risk certain death on any scheme as crazy as that. Well, look, Colonel. British have captured General Lee. He was second in command of the American army. Well, we get Prescott. We exchange Prescott for Lee. Well, Colonel? Oh, I don't know, Barton. I wish you wouldn't tempt me this way. Parade the regiment. Let me call for volunteers. Well, all right. But it still doesn't make sense. But if you get your 40, go ahead. If not, we'll forget the whole thing and let me worry about Prescott. Colonel, you'll have nothing to worry about. Men, Colonel Stanton has given me permission to find out how many of you would be willing to accompany me on a secret and dangerous expedition. That's all I can say about it now. But I tell you, boys, it's for freedom. And don't forget, tomorrow is the 4th of July. Any man ready to volunteer without hearing any more about it than what I've just told you will step three paces forward. Well, Colonel Stanton, that's more than 40. It's the whole regiment. You win, Barton. But you can't take them all. Don't need to. Men, thanks for your spirit, but I can't use all of you. I've got it. Here's what we'll do. Tomorrow we're having boat races. The first five crews to cross the finish line will report to me at the cove. That'll make an even 40 in all. Just the right number of good oarsmen. I'll say you. Thank you, men. Well, there we are, Colonel. Good luck, Barton. You'll need it. Thanks, Colonel. Now we'll show you one way to celebrate the 4th of July. All right, lads. see us out here. It's mighty dark. I'll tie my handkerchief to this pike here. They ought to be able to see that. It must be drawing near the warships, Colonel. Shh. No more talk, men. There's the British fleet ahead to port. A dozen warships. Take it slow. Easy. What's that? My oar broke, sir. Watch it now. Shh. Who's out there? Don't move a muscle, men. Hold still. Who's out there, I say? What's the matter, mate? I want to hear the boat. Oi! 
Anybody there? Not a sound base. You dreamed it. Well, I won't see nothing in this rain. Oh, bells and all's well. I guess we're safe now. Oh! 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 That's it, lads. Oh! Oh! Not many yards to show now, sir. I can just make it out. Good. Now I, I want to make sure we have this right, Hunt. You think the dragoons will be quartered how far from the house? The stables are about 200 yards south side of the house, sir. The infantry would most likely be camping as far on the other. Good. And the house is about a mile from the beach, huh? Yes, sir. And about halfway, there's a gully with high banks. Uh-huh, good. It'll shield us till we get near the house. But that rain's letting up. And the minute the moon will come out and they'll be seeing us on shore. What do we do, sir? Hurry up. Rope fast now. We can get cover on shore. Pull. 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 That's it, man. Good. And patrol, sir. Quiet, not a sound. They've stopped. Quiet. They're going on, sir. Do you think they saw it? I don't know, Hunt. Moon's almost sailing out from behind that cloud. They might have. Listen. They're gone. We're safe. Can you tell whether they're going away from the house or to it, Hunt? I'd guess away, sir. Then we may be lucky again, lads. All right, lads. Here it is. Pull. Pull for sure. Pull. 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 Easy, lads. Hear anything? Nothing. Horsemen must be far and away by now. I hope so, Potter. Are we all beached? How about the others? They're pulling on shore now, sir. Good. Wilcox, Adams, Phillips, that cop. Yes, sir. Hunt will show us the way. Your squads follow mine. Shh. Must be the drones again. Yes, it means there's not much time, sir. We'd better hurry. Aye. Wilcox, Adams. Yes, sir. Your squads cover the sides and rear of the house. Phillips, yes. Yours the road. That cop. Stand by for emergency. Watch out for the drones. You men remaining here, get the boats turned around. We'll have to get away fast. The rest of you come with me up to the house. Certainly is quiet around here, sir. Can't see a sign of a light in the house. Shh, look. It's the sentry. I'll go first, Hunt. When I pin them down, be ready. Yes, sir. Shh. Who comes there? Who comes there? Just a friend, lad. Bond's friend and be recognized. Tell me, have you seen any deserters tonight? Deserters? What? Quiet. All right, lad. Come on. I've got them. Quiet now. Here's his musket, sir. One sound out of you lops the back and you're a dead man. Gag ready? All right, sir. There. He's tied, all right. Stay by him, Daniel. If anything looks suspicious while we're inside the house, give a low whistle. Yes. Now, follow me, lads. Quiet. Watch yourself. 
even any furniture. Sentry, Sentry, what's up? Are you Mr. O'Green, sir? Yes, I'm O'Green. <laughs> Why, you, you blew out my candle. I believe you did it on purpose. There's enough light for what we want. What do you want? Where are you, what are you doing here? Sorry, but I have urgent dispatches from Newport for General Prescott. Better show them to Major Barrington before disturbing the general. Where's the light? If you'll just show us the way to General Prescott, Mr. O'Green, we, we can do without a light, thank you. They acting strangely for the courier. I don't believe... Never mind what you believe, Wolverine. Where's Prescott? Why, you're not even British. You are... Americans, yes, you Tory dog. Now, where's Prescott? Quick. I won't tell you. You... Quiet. Your pistol's got a lot of art than yours if you want noise. See? Now then. If you think I'll surrender General Prescott... What's you... going on out there? Quiet. Wolverine! Wolverine, what's going on, I say? Tell him it's all right. Go on. My pistol may go off in the wrong time. Quick. It's all right, General. Nothing wrong. Tell him he has visitors on a matter of importance. I... Go on, go on, say it. You have visitors, General, on a matter of vital importance. They insist upon seeing you, sir. I beg you. Well, who are they? What do they want? Tell him you're bringing us in, Oakling. Come on. I'm bringing them, General. Yes, yes, we'll be right there. Not so fast, Overing. Let me get into something. Who are these visitors? I don't believe I know their names, sir. But don't be ridiculous, Overing. Do you mean to say you admitted them without finding that out? Who are you, sir? What does this mean? Colonel Barton, Rhode Island militia. You're my prisoner. Did you hear, Overing? You traitor! No, no, General, please. I see it now. You regret this, Overing? That's enough of this. Quiet. Out of bed, General, and start dressing. I'm accustomed to giving orders. I don't take them from ragged rebels. Have it your own way, General, but you look better in clothes instead of a nightshirt. You're coming with us. Rouse them out, lads. One, right, two, three. Wait, 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 wait. Possibly I had to follow your advice. You're better. Here's your waistcoat. Quick. Thank you. Now... Better hurry, sir. I saw a light off near the stables. Come along, General. You'll have to dress later. But I can't go this way with only a nightshirt and my waistcoat and in, in, in bare legs. Where's my breeches? Where's my breeches? Quiet, General. Overing, where are the General's breeches? Quick. Uh, here. Here they are. Oh, thank you, Overing. But this will mitigate your punishment only slightly. When His Majesty hears of no, this... sir, you don't still believe that I had anything to do with this? Don't stand there like a carp over in hand me bitches. There's the signal, sir. Somebody must be coming. You're right, quick, hunt. A couple of you lads better tie Overing up and gag him, put him in the general's bed. No time for your britches now, General. Bring him along, lads. Now listen, General. We've got to get you out of here quickly and quietly. And if you let one peep out of you, I'll blast you right out of that nightshirt. Come on, man. You have to go so fast, Barton. This is an outrage, an outrage. If you don't keep quiet and hurry along, General, you'll find out what a real outrage is going to be. Ouch! These brambles are scratching my legs. Just a minute. We can fix that, General. Austin, turn up. Make a hand chair for the General to ride in style. Riding along like this bare-legged nightshirt... 
By George, I haven't even got the sword. Oh, come now, that's a serious mistake indeed. Who ever heard of a general without a sword? Who'll volunteer to go back for the general sword? I'll go back, sir. All right, Daniel. You mean to say you think you can go back for it? Well, shouldn't we? Come, the etiquette, General. How could you surrender without it? But, Daniel, yes. remember, you'll have to hurry. We can't wait too long for you at the boats. You won't have to, sir. I'll be there with it almost as soon as you. Getting past that British fleet again is going to be our last risk. Then we'll, bed, we'll be back in camp again. Hurry, lads. Thank heaven the moon's disappeared. We've got to make for the boats and be off. Sir, delivering my prisoner, General Prescott. General Prescott? General Prescott? Oh, come off that horse play. You know me well enough, Stanton. I suppose I have you to thank for this. No, no indeed, General. On the contrary, sir, we are grateful to you for the honor of this visit. In fact, we are deeply indebted to Colonel Barton for persuading you to come, sir. Now, what's up? What's wrong out there? Colonel Stanton. Yes. I beg pardon, sir, but a message has arrived here under a flag of truce. Flag of truce? I believe he's from Newport, sir. Admit him. Yes, sir. Wonder what this can be, a flag of truce. Colonel Stanton will see him now. Right this way. Oh, General Prescott, I keep my horse as quickly as I could, sir. I have your wardrobe, sir. General Prescott, do you know this man? Of course I know him. My orderly, you know. That time I received some attention. Are you all right, sir? Did they harm you? It's all so shocking. The staff is terribly upset. You can reassure my staff. Tell them I have been treated with proper respect. Oh, thank heaven for that, sir. I also brought you a purse, sir. In case you wanted anything these uh, persons refused to supply. I also thought to bring you this bottle of perfume. Uh, I beg pardon, Colonel Barton. Haven't you kept the general standing long enough? He must be exhausted. Why, certainly, Potter, you're right. Do sit down, General. Forgive us our rudeness. Hmm... Sounds like your loutish Yankee sense of humor to me. Oh, no, General, I assure you, quite the contrary. Everything must be of exceptional satisfaction, sir. You may, you must rely on that. We trust you'll be comfortable, General, in your temporary quarters before going on to Providence. Thank you, Colonel. I'm sure I will be. May I retire now to freshen up a bit for the journey? Certainly. Potter, I detail you to escort General Prescott to his quarters. Yes, sir. Men? Hey, sir. Why, thank you. Uh, this way? Uh, this way, General Prescott. Uh, orderly. Be sure to bring along the General's perfume. After you, General. Or, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was a good job, Parson. Wait till the news of this gets around the country. The best thing that could have happened at this time. A great job, my boy. Excellent. <laughs> Colonel, you should have seen him without his britches. <laughs> <laughs> 
laugh rings out from New Hampshire to Georgia. People laugh and soldiers laugh, from the rawest recruit to the commander-in-chief of the Continental Army. As that laugh went up, with it rose the spirit of the Americans. At length, the fight for freedom was over and won. Then one day, some years later in New York, in the office of President George Washington... Mr. President... Oh, yes, Mr. Beer. There are several callers waiting, sir. Mr. Adams, Mr. Williamson, and uh, 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 Colonel Barton. Barton? Do you suppose that could be the Colonel Barton, the one who captured Prescott? Well, he said he was from somewhere in New England, sir. He may be. Colonel Barton? Well, where? The others can wait, Mr. Beer. Send Colonel Barton in. Oh, uh, wait. Uh, get my clipping book. Uh, see if you can find that item from the London Chronicle and bring it to me. A very good thing. Come in, Colonel. Come in. How do you do, Mr. President? So you're Colonel William Barton. I'm glad. Very glad to see you. Thank you, sir. I was just in the city for a few days, my first visit in years, and I wish to pay my respects, sir. Thank you. I've always wanted to meet you. Well, what are you up to these days, Colonel Barton? Well, I'm living in Vermont, Mr. President. Things have been going... Well, I, I really have nothing to complain of. We've got all that we wanted. Freedom and a country of our own to live in. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, I beg your pardon, Mr. President. Uh, here's the clipping you asked us to find. Thank you. Yes. Yes, this is it. <laughs> Barton, here's something to interest you. A bit of doggerel I saved from the London Chronicle. Uh, it's September 23rd, 1777. I wager you haven't heard it. Well, I don't know, Mr. President. What's it about? I'll read it to you, Colonel. <clears throat> A fellow cries the handkerchief, I prize it more than riches. A different note for Prescott Rawls, for naught resounds the Atlantic shores, but where, oh, where's my bridges? <laughs> now, tell me, what do you think of that tribute? Uh, very unfriendly of a chronicle, I always thought. I'm flattered, sir, that you thought enough of it to save it. Thought enough of it? I'll never forget, Colonel Barton, how much we needed that exploit of yours. I was praying for something like it. But I had... Black clouds, Colonel Barton. A dark cloud. Lifted at a needle out. Thank you, Mr. President. I don't know if any of us thought of it that way. I always think of it as the first fourth of July. <laughs> By his celebration of the first 4th of July, William Barton struck an effective blow at British authority and prestige, and a blow for American independence. But the reason it appealed so strongly to the American colonists was because it expressed their own and America's sense of humor. And for his courage and enterprise, William Barton tonight takes a rightful place in the cavalcade of America. Thank you, John Garfield. We are happy to have you as our guest on the Cavalcade of America. And now, the Cavalcade of America's historian, Dr. Frank Monahan of Yale University. At the close of our broadcast on Sam Houston, earlier in the present series, destiny, chiefly in the person of Andrew Jackson, was directing Houston to the western horizons of America, to Texas. Next week's program portrays the brilliant consummation of this unusual career, 
This is a story of how, following the massacre at the Alamo, Houston led a ragged remnant of sections in one of history's most extraordinary retreats. Suddenly he stopped, wheeled about, destroyed the larger Mexican army, and captured General Santa Ana, president of Mexico. By this, Houston won the independence of Texas and thus paved the way for the American annexation of that fabulous empire, which is the Lone Star State. Next week, the Cavalcade of America again is happy to announce that the distinguished American actor, Walter Houston, will again play the leading role in its concluding drama of the colorful career of Sam Houston, The Raven Wins Texas. On tonight's program, the orchestra and musical effects are in the direction of Don Voorhees. This is Basil Drysdale saying good night and best wishes from DuPont. This is the National Broadcasting Company. presents a man who knows and is known by all America. His lectures have taken him to almost every city in the country. And his books and plays, notably The House Beautiful, The Fool, and The Enemy, have brought him distinction as one of America's foremost men of letters. He is Channing Pollock. And in this radio portrait of America singing, he will act as our narrator as we offer tribute to a man who touched life and found song. Stephen Foster whose melodies have an important place in the cavalcade of America. Sometimes I think the history of people is written in their music not so much in the works of great composers as in songs that come from the souls of humble men and women. Tennyson said, the song that serves the nation's heart is in itself a deed. And what deeds have echoed in or been inspired by our country's melodies? Victor Herbert told me once that he thought no song survived that did not bring tears to the eyes or cause some human being to reach out for the touch of another. The novelist Zola said we have only four elemental things. Love, hunger, birth, and death. There was a man who expressed those things in song. His name was Stephen Foster, and his songs had just...